Welcome to the Stay Healthy Los Angeles podcast, aimed at helping you live an active, healthy, and enjoyable life in and around Los Angeles. Brought to you by Core by Design Clinical Pilates. And now, here's your host, physical therapist Emma Green. I am super excited today to be interviewing not only a fellow physical therapist, but also a fellow Brit who now lives in Los Angeles. And um, it's taken us way too long to actually get together and have this conversation, but I'm really excited that you agreed to be here. So I'd like to welcome Sarah Belcher to um, the Stay Healthy Los Angeles uh, podcast today. And um, it's lovely to have you here, Sarah. Yes, Emma, thank you so much. It's been, it's been actually a really long time. We have been meaning to connect and um, yeah, I'm really happy. I think what you're doing is amazing and I'm happy to be part of it with you today. Oh, thank you. Okay, so um, as I said, you know, we're both fellow physical therapists, but there is something that sets you apart um, from most physical therapists and that's what we're going to delve into um, on this episode. So if you want to start a little bit by sort of just, just fill us in a little bit on your background. Yeah, okay, for sure. So, yes, British and uh, come from a little bit of a different region to Emma, so we sound slightly different, right? <laughs> um, but yes, I trained in physiotherapy in the UK and um, did similar to Emma in the fact that I worked in large teaching hospitals and got a lot of experience in lots of different areas in physical therapy, um, which is what we tend to do in the UK in the National Health Service. So, did that for a number of years and then specialised in um, outpatient orthopaedics and then had my own clinic in the UK in quite a large gym. And over there, it's a bit more direct access, even though we've got more of that now in the US. It was, uh, you know, people do come to their physio on the corner, so to speak. So quite an active kind of role in the community. Um, and then, you know, I've always been a traveller and my sister lives here in the, in the US. So I decided it would be great to move to California, you know, get away from our British weather. <laughs> Can completely relate to that for sure. Yeah. So, and then you know, it's been a journey. I've been doing mainly outpatients, and um, and then I've always had a holistic approach to my care and looking at the whole patient. So, I specialise in functional medicine, and um, basically, it's kind of really turned my world up upside down, really, in terms of how I assess patients now. So, um, yeah, it's 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 opened that door wide open um, and basically what functional medicine is is it's looking at the root cause of disease or symptoms so there's several things that we do several you know tests that we do and um, we look very deeply into the patient's history and you know like you Sarah um, Emma you know that if you have a patient who has like a shoulder pain for example we would always rule out the neck mm-hmm. as to be a referring source if somebody comes to us with depression or, you know, hormonal changes or, um, you know, gut dysfunction, there's often a reason for that. And it's, it's basically an upstream approach to finding out what's going on with them. So it kind of fit very much with my approach to actually, you know, musculoskeletal physical therapy. So, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, no, that's great. So um, functional medicine is sort of a term that I've only heard about relatively recently. So why is it so important? Yeah. So it's actually been around for about approximately like 30 years. And I honestly really wish that I'd found it that long ago. Mm. Um, And basically it's becoming more of an approach that I think patients are looking for. And because it 
basically looks at a systematic approach to how you evaluate um, a patient. So it's looks at like history of their their problems it looks at their genetics it looks at um, their relationships how much stress they're in um, it looks at how much exercise they're doing how much sleep that they're having and then basically you kind of get the puzzle and look at it from um, kind of trying to fit fit the pieces together and then where the patient began to develop symptoms so um, I think that at this time in kind of history when it comes to healthcare it's a much needed approach because mm-hmm. our current healthcare system, right, is is great for acute care and for curative care, but it doesn't really deal much in terms of chronic disease and trying to manage chronic disease. And most of the reasons why people go to the hospital these days are because of a chronic de- disease condition. So if we can kind of prevent, um, then then we should be. And functional medicine is definitely the the, the way to do that. Um, so I don't know if you agree with me on that. I think that we're in a bit of a chronic disease crisis right now. Very much so. You know, and we, unfortunately, patients want somebody to, to listen to them because they don't have to spend much time with their doctor. I think the average doctor visit now is about seven minutes. And often, you know, they're treated with medication. And actually, patients don't really want that. The more you talk to them, they don't want that. So um, they want to know, what else can I do other than just... Um, you know, take this medication yeah for sure so how did you find out about functional medicine then where where did that start from so like I said more of a holistic approach you know and I was kind of just researching on the internet like how you know if somebody's coming to me with arthritis what are the other ways of managing this person you know we know a lot more now about supplementation and nutraceuticals which are the you know pharmaceutical grade nutrition um and I was looking into that and I thought well, that's great and then I stumbled upon this approach um with you know the Institute of Functional Medicine um Jeffrey Bland is one of the pioneers and the founders of uh, the IFM and and then I found a course that's specifically for therapists um and we you know we deal with the public don't we a lot and we see yeah. patients for many hours per week which is kind of unlike any other um profession really yeah, than maybe a hairdresser, but that's usually every six weeks. <laughs> and we hear everything and um, we are in a prime position to be able to offer a more a deeper look at what's going on with them. So that's that's how I got into it, because I was thinking, well, you know, patients are coming to me with these shoulder problems, back problems, etc. I can get them better, but I don't really feel like there are other you know, comorbidities, which is the other issues that they have, like diabetes or thyroid issues or hormonal problems are being really addressed um, from like a holistic aspect. And that's basically what functional medicine is. And that's what led me to it. So, yep. So what are the different tests then? Would what When somebody comes to see you, I mean, you know, obviously I'm very familiar with the sort of the physical therapy type of testing that we would do. What's, what's different with the functional medicine side of testing? What does that involve? Right, right. So there's a lot. I mean, first of all, it's a long history. So we have to make sure that we sit down with the patient for a long period of time. We do a really in-depth intake form. So a lot of it's subjective, which is what we call, you know, finding out information from what the patient is telling us. So we encourage, you know, honesty so that we can really get to know what's going on with them. Um, And then from that information, we take that and we produce what's called a timeline. 
So we show the patient, you know, here's your health history, if you like, in a timeline. And often then we can see somewhere where the patient's health started to deteriorate. And it could be, you know, after a foreign travel trip. It could be after a, a relationship or a divorce. It could be after a death in the family. It could be after they ate something. Um, and then we piece together where it all began. And then from that, we can kind of look at what systems might be an issue for them. So it could be that they have problems assimilating their food and absorbing it, um, that they have structural integrity problems. So they have, you know, joint issues and things like that, um, that they have communication issues, which are, you know, hormonal balances and stuff like that. So that gives us a good indication of where to start. And then, you know, it's a therapeutic relationship between the patient and myself. So we work out where they want to start on their journey, you know, um, and it can be nutrition. It can be functional testing, which is, you know, what we're kind of getting into now. So the functional testing that we can do could be a urine analysis to find out how their cells are functioning. Uh, we do genetic testing where we look at what we call low penetrance genes. They are a collection of genes that might predispose you to certain things like cancer or Alzheimer's, for example, but they're not the be all and end all. It's, it's really um, it's a guide. Okay. So our genes aren't the dictators of our health, our environment and our lifestyle is. Mm -hmm. So just because you might have something in your family, it doesn't mean that you're going to get the same disease or diagnosis that you have in your family. Um, and there's, you know, if we think somebody has problems with like toxins and toxic burden, we can test to see if they have, you know, plasticizers in their system or pesticides, which are a huge problem these days. And they can be, um, what we call endocrine disruptors. So they can disrupt our hormones. Um, you know, for example, weight loss resistance in women, um, you know, things like that. So there's a, there's a plethora of tests that you can do. I try not to test, um, in depth to begin with because a it's expensive and b you know there's definitely some lifestyle changes that people can make mm -hmm. and nutritional changes that they can make and supplementation that they can take before we do that and you know for sure i agree if we don't test we guess but we can make an educated guess so we can say you know we think that this may be going on let's try this first um but those tests are things that perhaps your gp would not do with you but they would be something that we could do and I could say right let's have a conversation with your doctor because you know I'm not a doctor I don't profess to be one I'm there to help them have that conversation with their doctor to say you know what you know I've had this genetic test and it says that you know etc etc so you know there's a bunch of different things that we can do to try and laser in on exactly what's what's happening and that's that's the really exciting bit you know because we can see and then we when we test again we can monitor that so it's been been great for information for patients that's great so so then when you do get some of these results back what kind of treatments are you recommending to patients yeah so it depends on you know the type of test so for example um, let's say it's a stool analysis, okay? So they do a comprehensive stool analysis and they look at the bacteria that's in their, their gut. So we all have good bacteria and we have trillions of these good bacteria. And they produce, you know, serotonin, for example, which gives us our mood. It gives us a good mood. So maybe somebody has poor um, good bacteria levels and they have some bad bacteria. So there are supplementation that you can take to 
naturally get rid of that bad bacteria along with food changes, right? And then, you know, probiotics, for example, to up the, the good bacteria with like a broad spectrum of different types of um, good bacteria strains. So like you know, lactobacillus and, and things like that. So information um, would then direct you on where to actually go. They may have like a candida overgrowth, so like a yeast overgrowth, which can give all kinds of issues too. And that can be naturally um, treated as well as treated with the GP with something a little bit stronger if they would absolutely need to. And then genetics, of course, give you this roadmap. So you might have a deletion in, in a certain gene. So we have genes that are produced um, you know, all the time in each cell and they're transcribed all the time. So it's like a photocopier, basically. And we may have a, a deletion or a mutation, it's called, in one of our genes, which would then predispose us to certain things. So, for example, some of the genes for glutathione, which is a huge um, antioxidant, and it helps to support your liver. Um, if you didn't have that one or you had a mutation, you might have problems with getting rid of um, metabolites from hormones. So our hormones break down and we have to get rid of them. So they get produced, they're transported to where we need them, and then we have to get rid of them. They're, they're not these constant levels. So if we're not getting rid of them, that may predispose us to certain things like you know, female cancers, for example. So then that would direct you to get these things called cofactors, which are you know, nutritional, mainly nutritional things that would help to get that um, the other genes to function better so that you could detox your hormones better. So I hope that makes sense, but it's a roadmap. And I, I you know, since I've done mine, I've made some significant changes to my diet and supplementation and felt like just tons better. And I'm in good health anyway, but I'm talking about feeling optimal, you know, and that's where everyone should be trying to get is to feel optimal um, rather than for waiting things for things to happen. We shouldn't wait. Right. Yeah, we're eating in prevention. So, yeah, that's where it's exciting for that. So, what changes did you make yourself then, Sarah? If you don't mind sharing that with us. Yeah. So, like, you know, one of the panels that we do is called "It's DNA Life," and it looks at, you know, hormones, for example. So that was a that was a big one for me. So, I had um, like a deletion of what we call GSTM one. So that's the glutathione one that I was telling you about. So that means for me, I would be estrogen dominant, most likely. And that estrogen that is, you know, gotten rid of and detoxed through my liver would give me a potentially like a slower detoxification. So the treatment for that would be I started eating more cruciferous vegetables. And cruciferous vegetables are things like um, broccoli and cabbage and, and bok choy and, and cauliflower and things like that. And, you know, all women should actually should actually be eating a ton of those, by the way. Um, I know. <laughs> I know. Eat your greens, right? <laughs> yeah. Like your mum said. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that, you know, that really helped me. Um, there's a supplementation you can take called DIM, which helps, you know, and then we can check these things in real time. We can do urine testing on your hormones or you can see your doctor. Um, and... So that, that helped. And then I also changed um, the, my environment. So toxins is a huge one, especially for women. And stop me at any point because I could just keep going on. <laughs> but, so how, when you say you change your environment, what does that mean? What did you do? Yeah. So, okay. So 
So hormones are a big thing for women. As we get older, you know, everyone thinks, oh, I have hormonal problems. Yes, we do have hormones that change. We want to support them throughout the whole, whole process. So by environment, I mean, you know, what am I absorbing into my body? So let's start with lotions and potions, right? So your skin is like a huge mouth and we absorb um, whatever we put on it. You know, we have medications that we can put on our arms yeah. that we can absorb through. Well, our lotions and potions and our perfumes are no different. And as women, I think, you know, we are exposed to thousands and thousands of chemicals, you know, and men are getting there, aren't they? A little bit more metrosexual these days right. and starting yeah. to do that. But, you know, so... Um, Perfume, for example, and fragrance, you know, which is a proprietary blend, mm-hmm. which people kind of hide from us as the public. Those fragrances can have an effect on our hormones. So they can be endocrine disruptors. So they can basically encourage your body to hold on to those hormones that we're already trying to get rid of, remember? They get mm-hmm. gotten rid of. So I changed a lot of that. I went into more natural, like, you know, aromatherapy style. I was checking labels. Um, the EWG, which is the Environmental Working Group, has a great app called Healthy Living that you can download and you can scan things. Right. Tell you, you the, the risk. Um, and then, you know, makeup too. Changing makeup to better brands, which are all on the Healthy Living app if anybody wants to take a look at. Good to know. Um, and, you know... And I honestly, and then I started taking a multivitamin and just, I think I actually lost about like six or seven pounds in like four weeks or something. And I literally just took a multivitamin, changed my lotions and potions and started eating more cruciferous vegetables. And that, that happened for me. So, wow. <laughs> you know. Amazing. So um, you mentioned probiotics. Is that um, something that everybody should be eating every day as well? Like the, uh, the cruciferous vegetables? Yeah. I mean, you know, our food is not what it was um, 50 years ago for yeah. many, many, many reasons. But yeah, probiotics, you know, they're starting to almost, you know, with research now, they're calling like our gut bacteria, like our third brain, you know, and it, our bacteria like work in symbiotic relationship with us. You know, they work in conjunction with our body. They tell our bodies what to produce. They actually help to produce some, um, you know, vitamins that we need. So yeah, fermented food is great. You know, anything fermented is awesome. But and you'll see things starting to. Thank you. Include beer. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> That's fermented, right? <laughs> it is, and so is wine. So is wine. Oh, okay. I like a glass of wine. I have to say, I'm not going to say that I am perfect because we are. You no, know, no one is perfect. If anyone professes to be 100 percent perfect to you, they are not. And, you know, it's all about balance, Emma. Yeah. You've got to be good and then you've got to enjoy yourself because that's part of functional medicine too. It's about relationships and stress. It's about community. You know, you have to have fun. You have to have good relationships. You have to be supported. So, yeah, so maybe less beer, maybe <laughs> less beer, um, but beer is nice. Um, Everything in you know, moderation, right? Yeah, and we're seeing like fermentation farms coming up and up and out of the, you know, we're seeing kombucha, we're yeah. seeing a lot more things now that people are realizing, oh, actually, maybe I do need this stuff. 
So right. yes, fermented foods and probiotics. I, I recommend to everyone that they should take a good multivitamin, a good probiotic and a good fish oil. Okay, um, that's good to know. Um, and I have, you know, nutraceutical companies that I use that have excellent grade stuff. There's no fillers, they're third party tested, they're distilled. Um, and, you know, they're really only a couple of dollars more than what you might find in Whole Foods or like a mother's market. Um, but the quality is excellent and like shipped to your door, you know. Thanks. So, yeah, definitely get the probiotics down you. Yeah. Okay. So if the gut is the third brain, what is the second brain? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting, right? Because that's a gut feeling. Is actually, you know. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I think they did a study on like fruit flies and they, they looked at their gut bacteria and they changed their gut bacteria to see, um, you know, which kind of fruit that they would go to based on the type of gut bacteria that they had. And they, they could tell that their, their desire and their need to want a certain type of fruit was because of the type of gut bacteria that they had. Wow. So you, you, we do need certain foods. I'm not talking about craving sugar and donuts and things like that. I'm talking about, right. let's say, you think, oh, you know what? I haven't had a steak for a long time. By the way, grass-fed and grass-finished. Mm -hmm. I really want a steak. I feel like I really need a steak. Have a steak. There's probably yeah. a reason for that, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's great. So what are the most common problems that you you help or, or you see with regards to people coming to see you with regards to functional medicine and wanting to go down that road? Yeah, great question. Um, it's usually the patients that are first looking for an alternative, you know, method to improve their health. So they're sick of going to their doctor and being told to take this medication and then this medication. Mm -hmm. um, usually people with more complex issues like they've tried something they've been around to several different practitioners and it hasn't helped you know um, of course because I'm in the physical therapy world you know and we have to go through a full medical history when we do an evaluation of a patient mm -hmm. you know, I, I would talk to them and say have you ever thought about doing this and that usually opens up the conversation and they're like really you know and we end up having functional medicine consultation instead of just a physical therapy consultation but it's often the complex patients that really want to make a change and you know they're ready that mm -hmm. and you know I do like have a discovery call like call that I do with people to see their readiness because you know they need to have some readiness it's not a magic wand yeah you know, yeah you know that we yeah. see patients unfortunately that want us to fix things like that and it's not really something that's fixable quickly um yeah. and I love to treat you know the musculoskeletal issues from a functional medicine perspective too so patients that are in chronic pain, patients yeah. that have osteoarthritis, rheumatoid arthritis, you know, and often the root cause for one person that might have that diagnosis could be different than another, you know, so that's, that's the exciting bit. So yeah, often they're complex, often they have um, come to try and seek somebody who can help them in a bit more depth and who's willing to, you know, create that kind of therapeutic relationship with somebody where they're being managed on a weekly basis or bi-weekly basis and they want to be held accountable they need some support you know they need mm. they, they can't do it on their own um right 
Yeah. So, I mean, I, I completely agree with you. I think this has been the missing part of, of medicine as a whole for, for a long time, you know, and, and certainly I agree with you when I see people. Um, definitely, we're looking at such a small part of them when we're looking at sort of musculoskeletal injuries or, or issues that we are missing out on all these other huge pieces of the puzzle that fit in there for sure. And uh, I think sort of as, as um, medical practitioners as a whole, we're starting to become more aware of sort of the mind-body connection, nutrition connection, all these different elements that go together. So uh, I'm, I mean, for sure, it has to be something that's going to grow in the future. Do you think this is going to be something um, in the near future that they're going to teach in physical therapy schools so that physical therapists will come out of school knowing all of this and, and treating patients in this way? I absolutely hope so. Um, and because, again, for the reason that we spend so much time with patients, and I know for... I know I know people you know that are going through nursing school at, at the moment and, and some medical school and they're beginning to touch more on nutrition and microbiome you know and you know the, the practice the medical doctors that are my age that I know that are my colleagues you know they say you know what we only had about four to eight hours of nutrition in our degree and they certainly didn't talk about the mind-body connection and they certainly didn't talk about the biopsychosocial approach that we know works so well with back pain, for example, mm -hmm. um, which is looking at, you know, stresses and, um, you know, trying to um, stop people from catastrophizing pain and reducing fear, you know. Um, I really hope that they do, and I think that it will, because I think it's becoming um, more known to the public. Um, problem is is that you know it has to come from a good source it has to come from research there's so yeah. much conflicting and controversy out there yeah you know that's it's hard you know but yes I really hope I really 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 hope that it will I think it will absolutely they yeah. have to yeah. do something because the practitioners of the future are are treating like this chronic disease tsunami that we have I mean literally it's going to cripple our system we're already paying out about 2.7 trillion dollars a year on chronic disease and you know no wonder our healthcare is is so expensive because we're paying for chronic disease that is preventable to be honest i mean the majority of these things diabetes is preventable we have 84 million people in the u.s that have pre-diabetes and 90 percent of them don't even know it so they're heading for diabetes and they don't even yeah. Um, so yes, please, please put it in uh, yeah. physical therapy. That would be great. So how, how would somebody know if they're going to benefit from functional medicine? If somebody's listening to this right now and starting to resonate with some of the things that, that you're saying, how do they know it's right for them? Yeah. Yeah, great question. Um, you know, it's if they're looking for a lifestyle change or if they're looking for a sustainable change, should I say, you know, a lot of people, it's not for somebody who wants a complete quick fix, although some people can improve in like two weeks, you know, and have said, okay. I felt, I felt better in these last two weeks than I felt in the last two years or five years or whatever. Great. So someone who wants an alternative way, it shouldn't be labeled alternative anymore, to be honest, should it? Um, a, a different way than the medication to, you know, try and treat underlying disease or improve their sleep or reduce their stress or 
improve their joint pain. Um, you know, and they, 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 they're really the person who's like, right, do I want to make a different, take a different direction rather than just seeing my doctor anymore? Um, I would like to have a relationship with somebody that understands health from a, a whole perspective, you know, um, and how using different tools to be able to improve them. So, yeah. Is there anything specific that they would need to do before seeing a, a functional medicine practitioner? I mean, should they see their general practitioner first, their primary care physician? How, how do you generally go about advising people with regards to that? Yeah, no, you don't need to go and see anybody first. It's like a direct access um, service, you know, and it's, I would definitely encourage people to discuss with their doctor that they're seeing a practitioner, you know, a health practitioner that's helping them with their diet or with their stress or with, you know, um, any, any aspect that we tend to use. I would definitely encourage them to have that conversation, you know, um, some GPs are extremely open to that and they say, great, I'm glad that somebody's looking at your food because, you know, I don't have time to. Yeah. There's others, other GPs that are um, kind of objectify, object to it because they say, you know, it doesn't work, you know, uh, perhaps they are <laughs> really like looked into the fact that what the patient is putting in their mouth or who right, they're narrow minded. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I definitely encourage communication with GPs, but you don't need to have a referral. You don't need to come. You just directly make an appointment or they can do a discovery consultation with me where we can just chat about whether actually it is something that they would find useful. Okay. Are there any risks at all with functional medicine? I mean, none that I am aware of. Okay. Um, I think that with any practitioner with the speciality that they have, that they need to have integrity and they need to be clear and honest with themselves for their scope of practice. So if there is something that I don't know and I'm not sure about, I will refer out, you know, and, and I don't have any problem in doing that. Um, we're trying to get patients better. So yeah. I don't hold on to patients and say, Oh, you know, I can, I can, I can solve this if it's something that's, that's tough. Just like in physical therapy, if we're like, you know what, this patient really isn't improving, we've tried everything, and it's the time frame that we'd expect them to improve, we've looked at a possible differential diagnosis, let's refer them out. You know, maybe they need surgery, maybe they actually do need an epidural. Um, you know, we tried all the things. So in terms of risk, there's very little because it's more of a lifestyle change, Um and, you know, with supplementation, there, there is little risk, but we also do an evaluation to make sure if there are any medications, that there's no interactions with those things. Right. And I definitely encourage them to discuss it with their general practitioner if we're going to recommend that. Okay, that sounds great. So um, with regards to sort of support and resources, because... Um, like, like you've really been been mentioning all along, this is not a magic wand. This is not a magic pill. This is not a, there's not a one-time thing. This is a lifestyle change. This is sort of a big deal. People have to be ready for this. But if yeah. they are ready, then they can really see those benefits. And, and somebody like yourself, you're there to hold their hands through this, right? Yep. As they go through. So how long would you gen generally work with somebody? Is it once a week? Is it twice a week? How does that look 
for somebody coming in and wanting to make these changes? Yeah, I mean, you can have, um, you know, one-on-one appointments, but what we found over the years is that just having an appointment here and there doesn't necessarily lead to real change. So we try and get people on programs. And, you know, we I feel like the sweet spot is usually around kind of three months. But like I said, there's multiple levels to that. So we may start somebody on what we call an elimination diet, which where we get rid of certain food groups, which might be giving them some kind of you know allergenic response. And, you know, people said to me within 10 days, they're like, my sinuses have improved. My, my bowels have improved. Like I slept like a rock for the first time in, you know, three years. And they can have it that quickly, but it's all a process. You, yeah. An elimination diet is not sustainable. It's about three weeks, actually, three to four weeks with the reintroduction phase. And okay. so then it's like, what do you do next? So that's a month. Yeah. And then like possible supplementation learning and lasering in on what is the issue um possible testing which might take you know a, few, a couple of weeks to come back and you know all that time this therapeutic relationship is going on we're dealing with aspects of, of you know relationships and and stress and things like that so three months is like yeah we're starting to see some good changes whatever period that they choose to work with me I try and make sure that, you know, that by the end of it, that they don't need me to hold their hand anymore. They might want to come back and see me three months later and we can have a check-in because it's it's not about um, being reliant upon a practitioner or even you as a physical therapist. It's about this is my go-to person for my health or this is my go-to person for my back pain. And if it returns, I'm going back to see Emma because she's amazing and brilliant and she does pilates which is one of the best possible approaches that you can have for back pain and you know that you're the go-to person so three months ish um sometimes it takes longer than that i've had patients for you know seven or eight months nearly up to a year um but you know it, it can be it can be much much quicker than that Right. So, but but it's good to know that there is that is individualized depending on the person. Correct. But it's, it's really, I, I think the, the biggest thing that you said that, you know, it, it's, they have to be ready to make that change. That is the biggest thing. If somebody is not ready, then it's yeah. just going to be immensely hard for everybody involved. Yeah. And it's certainly hard, but that, you know, there are people, of course, that come to me that think they're ready and they're not. And that's part of the, the, the health practitioner coaching relationship where, you know, we can keep people on track. And of course, I want people that are ready. Um, their readiness may come as a realization once we've chatted and had our discovery call that I say, you know, really, you're, it sounds to me like your health has been bad for the last three years. Like, when was the last time you felt well is one of the questions. Right. You know, people didn't think about that. And they're like, oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, the last time I actually really felt well was probably at this you know, party or this wedding. And then since then it's been bad. So that was, oh my God, that was three years ago. And we sit in this, this chronic, oh, I'll be okay. Or it's not that bad. Or I can cope with it when, you know, you don't need to do that. Yeah. So if somebody is considering this and that they're, they're not quite sure, maybe if they're ready, where, where can they go for resources that are going to be they're really good quality resources, you know, not necessarily Dr. Google, but, you know, yeah. where can they go and get the correct information? Yeah, good, good point. You know, it's 
there's so much right yeah <laughs> we we have youtube we have facebook yeah. we have instagram we have everything and um you know definitely the institute for functional medicine is one that okay. resources on there you can find doctors on there and practitioners on there um the uh, some of the functional medicine doctors that are kind of leading the way i feel like a dr jeffrey bland with his personalized lifestyle medicine institute and then you know dr mark hyman he's a good one too he's written several books on nutrition he does podcasts called pharmacy like farm as in farm yeah um, you know and those those are the kind of like the more bigger media type things um jeffrey bland did a great book called the disease delusion and that was really one thing that i read years ago that really kind of changed my perspective on my approach to healthcare completely um so i, I would go to those things if if, if people are interested yeah and, and we can put all of these in the show notes as well so that people can then sort of go back to those and tap into these resources because i think that's really helpful that's that's a great benefit to people. Um, okay, so um, I've come to the end of my questions, but is there anything I should have asked but didn't? I think that, you know, generally the population now are looking for alternatives. You know, physical therapy is one of them. We treat many conditions without, you know, anything really invasive. Yeah. And that I think that people really need to start to look at themselves and if they're actually really being 100% responsible for their life and their health and I think that unfortunately because of all the stresses that we have today the fact that we have a phone like computer at the end of our hand all the time we tend to not look inside ourselves much we don't have meetings with me we don't have me time and I think that people need that more than ever and they need to think and look more upstream. They need to go to their doctor every year and have their annual checks, you know, look at the blood tests, make sure that they're, they're, they're preventing rather than, than curing. And, you know, that's really what I kind of want to get across when it comes to functional medicine is that it's, you know, it's, it's something that we should be actually taking responsibility for ourselves and not waiting for stuff to happen. Something that just, um, hit me then as you were talking, it, this is very much preventative. When should we start this? I mean, are we talking about kids? What should we be doing with kiddos and, and functional medicine? Yes, yes, we should be starting with kids. You know, when babies are born in today's day and age, they found that they have about 200 chemicals in their bloodstream already from mum, mm -hmm. right? Because mum absorbs through her skin, through her environment, and then it goes through the placenta to the baby. Mm -hmm. So, yes, and there are now a much better range of things for children, I think, in terms of non-toxic lotions and potions and mm -hmm. you know, nappies. I'm going to say nappies, not diapers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> and, you know, certainly with food, um, food is huge. You know, they're growing. The first seven years is, for me, like hugely important for them. They're developing their nervous system, their, their gut mm -hmm. function. Yeah, feeding is huge. If we can breastfeed, it's great because we're getting all those natural um, immunoglobulins, which are the, you know help with your immune system. In if you can, if you can, um, as yeah. natural as possible, teaching them to, you know, about relationships and people, not computers and iPhones and stuff like that. That is that's functional medicine. It, it 
you know, you just call it an approach. It's an approach. So yes, we should start early, get them to learn how to take care of themselves. Yeah, yeah sounds good. It's just very much common sense and logical and just makes sense on every level to me, really. So that, that's great. Um, okay, so I have just a couple of questions at the end that I ask everybody. So what is your favorite book? <laughs> I, I read all the time, but I'm more of a, like, I don't really read a lot of fiction. I tend to read a lot of, you know. That's okay. Stuff. I mean, honestly, like I said, I think everyone should read Jeffrey Bland's The Disease Delusion. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. What are your hobbies? What are you doing when you're not uh, being a physical therapist or, or doing functional medicine? Um, I love yoga. Kundalini specifically. Um it's been a journey for me going through kundalini yoga it's fantastic um everyone should do some kind of you know uh mental and physical activity it helps everyone to kind of calm down um i like snowboarding i i found out about mammoth when i moved to california and i (laughs) uh, crashed and burned like a lot (laughs) starting starting later snowboarding so that was a, a rather large learning curve but I love snowboarding in the winter and you know just getting out and enjoying California hiking and being outside basically yeah we have the weather for it that's for sure what one piece of advice would you give your 26 year old self oh my god 26 I think I had this conversation once in a in a bar with a 21 year old Twenty-six. okay what was I doing um 26 you know, I was working, I'd already been working for five years at that point. So um, I was actually traveling around the world um, when I was 26. I did a world trip around the world, which, you know, we tend to do as Brits, don't we? Or yeah. A lot of the Commonwealth, we tend to have that break. Unfortunately, in America, it's less so, um, you know, understood that that's kind of what people do. Yeah. I would have said, um, you know, if I'd known about functional medicine, I'd been like, get into that as soon as possible because it's just amazing and it's going to open up lots and lots of doors for you. Um, yeah. I would have said, save more money, and, <laughs> um, keep traveling as much as you do because it's important. And you only live once, I believe, so you should yeah. really enjoy yourself. And you're doing all right. You're doing all right. <laughs> Hi. Yeah, that's good. I like that. And then where can people find out more about you? If they wanted to tap into your resources and what you're doing, where can they find out about you? Okay, so I think what um, where they best find the most kind of general information is to go onto my Facebook group, which is Sarah Belcher uh, Functional Medicine and Physical Therapy. It's just exactly what it says. Um, you can request to join and I'll add you, no problem. And there you'll see I do some videos. Um, I do, you know, just general little bits of information that I think are really important. And then you can schedule with me through Facebook if you wanted to. Um, I do telehealth so they can see me online. Um, I've seen patients in the UK, which has been awesome, and California because I'm licensed in both. And um, I actually live in Newport Beach now. And I'm working in a great wellness clinic called All for Health and Wellness. It's near the airport, near John Wayne. We have a great facility. We do, you know, personal training. We have a full, massive, amazing gym. We have a chiropractor. We have massage therapy, uh, of course, physical therapy, and then functional medicine services. So we offer those programs um, I was telling you about where we can include all of those things. 
uh, as well as a cryotherapy unit. We have a, a tall, like, you know, liquid nitrogen cryotherapy unit, which is amazing for body inflammation and metabolism. And then we do programs there so they can come and like physically actually see me there. So love to see any of your clients or do telehealth consultation with them and with you if you needed to. But yep, come see me in Newport Beach. Sounds good. Sounds good. So thank you so much for um, spending the time today and really educating us about functional medicine and what it is and who it can help. And it, it sounds like something that most people, if not everybody, could really benefit from. So thanks so much for coming on today and, and sharing your knowledge with us. I really appreciate it. No problem. It's been so good to get together with you, like finally. And um, <laughs> yeah. I just, I love what you're doing. Um, I really love what you're doing with the Pilates and, and physical therapy. It's such mm-hmm. a great like part of what we do. Um, I love Pilates. Thanks. So. Yeah. And the podcast, you know, people want information. And I think, you know, thanks for inviting me. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. That's great. Perfect. Thank you for listening to the Stay Healthy Los Angeles podcast, sponsored by Core by Design Clinical Pilates. To stay connected with the Stay Healthy Los Angeles community, visit www.stayhealthylosangeles.com. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Stay Healthy Los Angeles podcast.